Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Today's a special day because it's Tuesday, and on Tuesdays, we do what's called Travel Tuesday. That's where each week we get the chance to dial in one of our members from around the world to share with us what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're going to learn more about doing business in Utah. And so I'm so pleased to welcome to the show, Zach Weissman, who's from Ray Quinney and Nebuchadnezzar in Salt Lake City. Hi, Zach. How are you? Great. Glad to be here. Let's just kick things off. I mean, you're, you're in a, well, we've got a lot of different unique states in the country, but Utah would be, you know, one of the top in terms of being unusual. Would you agree with me on that, by the way? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm always on, on a plane. If you say you're from Utah, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of questions, usually not related to the law, more the culture. But it's, I think people will find surprisingly mainstream and normal, contrary to maybe some popular myths or ideas about the state. Well, let's talk about, first, let's start from like a cultural perspective, because there probably are some myths about the state. If I was like a foreign company, let's say in China, and I was going to buy a business in Salt Lake City, I mean, you have a lot of tech now, right? A lot of tech companies. So let's say I bought one. And I want to know what's it like there from a cultural perspective and managing people. Is there anything I should know? I think Utah is a tremendously friendly place for business. I mean, you have a state that is, they're generally a fairly rule-following, compliant kind of state. They make good employees. It's a highly educated state. We have two large universities with, you know, within 45 miles of downtown Salt Lake City. One is right in the city. You've got Silicon Slopes, which is the emerging tech hub where we've taken a lot of big companies from Silicon Valley who've moved here and have opened up shop in Utah. And our government is very, very pro-employer. Our laws are very pro-employer. We have a low incident of union activity which makes things easier for most employers. So yeah, I think I think generally, if you look at most of the indicators that you, you would see for business-friendly states, Utah really hits most of those marks. And what other industries, I know obviously recreational is huge, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's my favorite place to go skiing is Utah, as I think yeah. a lot of people would say. You got the best snow. I think that's probably true. You got tech, you got, you know, sort of the tourist industry. What other stuff is hot right now? Yeah. So, I mean, in Utah right now, like the tech industry is, is huge. That's that's growing. You know, Goldman Sachs has what I think is the second largest office in the country in Salt Lake City right now. So that's really emerging. And interestingly enough, the legal sector is blowing up in Utah. We have a ton of national firms, which is great for us because it, I think, highlights the value that firms like ours have in that sector. But all these industries that are blowing up, I think, have to do with, again, one of the fastest growing states in the in the country, with a highly educated state, like I said. And also, one of the most unique things about Utah that makes it great for employers and why I think you see Goldman Sachs and so many other companies moving into town is the proximity of recreational opportunities to the workplace, which is a, is a huge, you know, in, in today's day where you have a hard time recruiting employees, I think a lot of companies are finding their way to Utah, not only because of the business-friendly laws, but because it's a very attractive place to recruit young workers too, who want to take advantage of the six ski resorts within 30 minutes of downtown Salt Lake City, the mountain biking and hiking trails that are you know 20, 15 minutes outside of the city. It's just a tremendous place for recruiting. We found, and a lot of our clients are coming here really as a recruiting tool as much as anything else. So the elephant in the room is Mormonism, obviously, yeah. right? And, and that's what people think of when they think of, of Utah. Yep. What percentage of the population is Mormon? And if I was a 
company from outside the country, would that matter? Does it impact the environment at all? First of all, there's two things you have to understand. Like the, the state percentage of people who identify as Mormon is in the 60th percentile. I mean, it's very high, maybe as high as 70 statewide. In Salt Lake City, in the greater Salt Lake City area, it's the reverse. So, you know, it's the tale of two places, really, like a lot of states, you know, rural versus metropolitan. The legislature is almost entirely Mormon, but I don't think it really has been has affected business. I think if anything, it's done so in a positive way. I think there's a lot of economic development that's driven by the Mormon church here in Utah. They very much want people to move into the state, to grow the state. And so they've passed all kinds of very favorable tax measures. You know, our OSHA, for example, is a state-run plan, which is notoriously very friendly. Our local Utah Anti-Discrimination Labor Division, the sort of EEOC of the state, is sort of getting in trouble often because they rule for in favor of employers more often than the EEOC would like. You know, all these types of things are very friendly. And I think that overall, the influence of the culture is still one that is very welcoming and very business friendly. And so I think if anything, it would be a, a total net benefit for people coming to the state. So maybe one more question I want to cover with you a little bit, and that's non-competes. You know, folks outside the United States are kind of blown away by the fact that every state's different on this, right? Yeah. What's the state of the law on non-competes in Utah? And are you like me seeing a lot of litigation right now or threat litigation around things like unfair competition, trade secrets, that sort of thing? I tend to think that you see an increase in that whenever you have low unemployment, right? People are trying to desperately keep their people. So when the unemployment goes low, those cases seem to increase. Utah's in a really interesting position because we, for a long time, had a lot of non-compete litigation and our non-compete rules were similar to most states where you had reasonableness factors. There was no real strict timeline. You know, so you're looking at like you could be two, three years. They had to be reasonable, good faith, et cetera. But we passed a statute in 2016 that limited non-competes to one year. And if it's over a year, then it's unenforceable and void on its face. And it's created some really interesting issues for us because, I mean, I've got a number of cases with national companies who have people leave and come to Utah really as a safe haven, because not only you know, is a non-compete that's more than one year not enforceable, if you try to enforce it, you get fees, you, know, you get attorney's fees. So, so you, you know, they'll come here and even if there's a choice of law provision that's unfavorable, the state will not enforce those, much like California as a matter of public policy. So it's become a sort of a safe haven in some ways for states like Colorado and Arizona, where people may have two or three year non-competes that come here to work. We are seeing an uptick in that, but that is really, I think that's an interesting thing. I think Utah is very pro-market. And and despite the fact that a lot of companies that relied on non-competes, a lot of pressure went to the legislature to say, look, we want people to come here and work and we want the market to dictate wages, benefits, et cetera. And if someone's offering a better deal, the, the longest you can hold out is one year. And so that, that's been kind of a game changer in the state. Interesting. Well, listen, this has been great. Really appreciate your time, Zach. If you want to connect with Zach, all you got to do is click on his bio, which is by his name in the description of the podcast. And I encourage you all to visit ela.law to receive invitations to other upcoming webinars, to download our white papers, and also to access our free on-demand platform which provides insight on labor employment law in all 50 states, every Canadian province, and over 100 countries around the world. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. 
Thanks for listening.